we go. Now it's going. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by my friend Reese, aka Referees, in what is another live pod, which we have not had a live pod in a while, but this one is really special because we are putting a button on season two of Found City Sports Media. For those of you following at home, we have 98 episodes available right now on all your podcast listening devices spotify stitcher apple music so we're putting a button on season two and getting ready for season three and this is a special episode because we're going to bring on a lot of our friends today as well we have i think maybe six guests today what is it one two three four five yeah And we have six guests today, and we're going to go through a plethora of topics, but mainly about football, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, because this is a Kansas City podcast for Kansas City fans. But we're also going to be talking about the Super Bowl and much, much more. Okay, let's fade out that music. (laughs) Dude, you don't like dance pop? (laughs) It's like right in my ear while I'm talking, and I have no idea how loud I am because all I hear is... It feels like I'm at a club right now, except I'm at my house in Colorado Springs. Uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's introduce ourselves. If those of you that are new to our podcast, so we don't normally do live podcasts. We do audio podcasts, but once in a while, we do a live podcast with the video. Um, So... My name is Armando, like I said, a.k.a. Hot Take Mondo. I give you the hottest takes, the hottest hits, especially when it comes to Kansas City sports. Uh, Reese and I met, oh boy, um, we're probably hitting a, no, not a decade, but yeah, so that's crazy. Yeah. So so both Reese and I did our uh, master's degrees in opera at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, where we both met. Um and Reese at that time was also singing with Lyric Opera of Kansas City. Shout out to them as well. Um, and during that time, we figured out that we were one of the few opera dudes that also like football. So at that point, we were watched a lot of games together. Uh, we also have a friend that started the podcast with us, Kyle Neg, who was a pianist at the Lyric Opera of Kansas City, uh, who also has a love for football and Kansas City sports. And then right before the pandemic, we decided, you know what? You know, Stephen A. is okay, Skip Bayless is okay, and, you know, Chris Broussard is okay, but we are just as good, if not better, and we can do a very good job doing this. So we all met. I was living in um, northern Colorado at the time, Reese is in Kansas City, Kyle's in Iowa, and we all met at the Chiefs-Raiders game. It was November something, 2019. You're going way back. Uh, yeah, I mean, for those of you that are, you know, just joining us, just knowing how we started this, um, then I, I took my handy dandy iPhone, I pressed play, and we went away. And that's how it started. Then the pandemic happened, and we had a lot of time on our hands. So thus, we developed it even more to what it is today. And now we have 90 podcasts already, almost at the 100 mark, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and that's how it started. So yeah, I'm Hot Take Mondo. Referees, you introduce yourself. Tell us about you and your affinity for Kansas City Sports. Hey, y'all. My name's Referees, and uh, I've been on this podcast with Armando since the very beginning in the closet of my old studio apartment uh, two weeks before COVID hit. Yeah, we, we did this. This sort of thing. We did this podcast before literally everybody else on the planet started doing COVID podcasts. It's true. It's, it's very a real true. Thing. So, Hipsters uh, yeah. before hipsters. The mega hipsters. The hippest. So... 
we've known each other a long time. We decided we want to do a sports entertainment podcast. Uh, you know, it, it started off fun. We we did a season during the heart of COVID. It's now called Season Zero, which you can find on Patreon. More about that later. But as Armando said, this all started in the parking lot of Chiefs Raiders 2019. Uh, it was like 44 to nine, and Derek Carr looked uh, real bad in that game. So, yes. In fact, yeah. Raiders fans were chanting with us, Derek Carr sucks. Derek Carr sucks. So not only uh, are we that good at chanting Derek Carr sucks, but we also are nice people and we made friends with Raiders fans. Although I do think Derek Carr leveled up this year a little bit now. So now he's like this begrudging respect sort of thing. I still don't like him because he's a Raider as of right now. But I mean, he come on. Everything that went on, the fact that team made the playoffs. That's true. Yeah, you know, shout out to him. And uh, I don't know how to say the head former head coaches uh, now special teams coordinator for the Packers. I don't know how to say his last name, but he was pretty good. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Bruschetta. I don't remember. Well, Bruschetta sounds good. Uh, well, anyway, just a little one more thing about me right now. Uh, I, I still do the gig singing. You know, it's a thing. It's part of my life. Uh, but I currently work at Boulevard Brewing Company as the marketing defense coordinator. For the rec department. So, yeah, I was just actually, this is my shameless product placement of the evening. Quirk just came out with their Tropical Breeze Mix Pack, which has four incredible flavors on it. I've gone through three right now. Coconut Lime, which is fantastic. Uh, pineapple Chili, which is incredible. And then tonight, uh, my wife and I tested out the, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on it. Uh Orange passion fruit, I want to say off the top of my head, but you know, so that, that sounds right. And most of the time, ladies and gentlemen, since we're not on a live pod, we can just like cut and paste and then we can go Google exactly what we were doing. We yeah. can't do it anymore. So that sounds great, Reese. That's lovely. Yeah. And it <laughs> coming at a 4% and under 100 calories, the perfect drink for summer or anybody on the go. Love it. Well, um, speaking about that, not only are, are we a Kansas City sports pod, but we are also a craft beer pod in general. So for those of you that haven't listened to our podcast, in the middle of each episode, we review a beer. It could be from from Kansas City, but also uh, maybe from here. So not only am I a singer as well, but I used to work in the beer industry for almost two years with Weldworks Brewing in Colorado. I worked in the tap room as well as in sales. Um, so I came into the craft beer scene and it was really cool and I still enjoy it and I still um, hang out with those guys today and talk about craft beer. Uh, so that's what we do on this podcast. We have some great interviews as well with other people, which is awesome. We've interviewed people from KC Beer, from Weldworks, from Service Brewing, um, a lot of wonderful people. And we're going to still have that, especially now, unfortunately, that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are done. That just means we're going to have more beer podcasts. So we're going to talk about beer a lot today as well. So Reese said his beer. I'm going to open up a special beer since this is the end of our season it's the end of our christmas season reese mm, yeah because it's always christmas when kansas city chiefs are playing football and now that they're not playing anymore um now i'm gonna break open my last christmas ale from breckenridge brewery that's just been sitting in my fridge and just waiting there and i'm like well, I'm not really in the mood to have this. It has to be like a very nice moment. So today I'm going to have the last Christmas ale of the season for myself. Oh, the last. In... Whoa, that was I weird. Not, I have no idea how I did that. <laughs> you know, this is what these things are for. <laughs> Live stream. Can't cut this. Uh, speaking about uh, product placement, I'm going to be drinking it in my Boulevard Brewing glass. That's right. Even though I don't have a Boulevard in my fridge, I always have 
a Boulevard glass. All right. So while I open that up, Reese, let's talk about the Chiefs really quick before we bring in our guests, just so people are familiar with what we do. And that's our forte. We love to talk about the Chiefs, even though they lost. You know what? There's a lot of exciting stuff happening for us. And one thing that's very exciting is the draft. Uh, We can finally talk about the draft. We can talk about, you know, how to develop this team. We talked about the holes on this team that need to be filled. And uh, Mel Kuyper and sorry uh where is it at there is uh todd mcshay and mel kuyper both come out with a mock draft 1.0 after the senior bowl and after the senior bowl reese mel kuyper chose defensive end cameron thomas from san diego state projected that the chiefs would take them at the end of the first round and todd mcshay todd mcshay said that we would take um the wide receiver dotson from penn state so reese uh, even though we don't know too much about these two dudes, let's just talk about position-wise. Do you agree with one or the other when it comes to the, our first-round pick, or would you even pick something completely different? I don't think they're wrong in looking defensive end and wide receiver. I think those are two of our three biggest glaring needs. I don't think Tyron Matthews coming back, so I think you can throw safety up there as maybe, I don't know, uh, one and two A, if that makes sense. Um, I know we always need cornerback help. We really only have one true cornerback right or cornerback one right now being Legarius Sneed. There's talk of Charvarius Ward being a free agent and maybe not coming back. I personally don't think we signed the dude for something like four years, 40 million that he's seeming to go market value for right now. If he wants to come cheaper, I'll take him back. But all this to say, no, I think defensive end, wide receiver are two biggest priorities. I've seen other names from other schools thrown around. There's that guy from Florida State. Uh, his name escapes me, but he's been getting the pass good. rusher, the pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, or we can always take the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Shout out Northern Iowa, friend of the podcast. You, you, after last year, we spent the whole year developing our offensive line. Now you're saying let's blow it up again. I'm just saying, you know, the last Northern Iowan uh, to like really tear it Spencer up. Spencer Brown. I mean, Spencer Brown. Sure. But I'm talking all the way back to my boy, David Johnson, who nobody believed mm. in. He was killer for two seasons. Love it. Which would be great to have us, uh, David Johnson, right now. But we don't want to talk about scheme yet. Um, I'm actually going to agree with Todd McShay. If we do have an elite wide receiver or a, a project wide receiver that falls to us at the end of the draft, that's a big bodied guy. So this dude, Dotson, I just looked really quick, is not a big body guy. He's very similar to Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman. He's five mm. eleven. He's a speedy guy. Gross. We already have two guys. Like, like why? Why would we pick someone like that? I understand that Todd McShay is plugged into the scene and that he he is hearing that the Chiefs want to look at wide receiver, look at that second option, um, other than. Tyreek Hill and have McCole Hardman be that Debo Samuel role, which we've talked about and we predicted, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's pick someone that's a little bigger that we can have the one-on-ones with, right? Someone that we can throw to an island, which we can't do with Tyreek Hill. We can't do with McCole Hardman. Uh, we, we, we've only seen it once with Jared McKinnon. Oh, no, no, sorry. Darrell Williams. We saw it at the end of the season. We saw a one-on-one play. Mahomes has never had that option before. So if, if someone falls to us that late, which is possible because things are already changing up from the top, like I know, um, uh, I forgot what his first name is, but Thibodeau, the rush, the, the edge rusher from Oregon, he was, but he was the clear number two, it's supposed to be Hutchinson. Number one, um, Thibodeau, number two, but now Thibodeau in the first mock draft is already dropped to seventh. So like things are changing rapidly right now. So it's a very, it's a very good chance that, 
uh, we someone might drop. It might be just maybe Veach just goes best available person within our needs, right? Safety, cornerback, edge rusher, wide receiver. And I'm cool with that, too, because things are changing and it's it's exciting to be a Chiefs fan right now. I know we're not in the playoffs. We'll talk about the we're going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl today. But uh, yeah, let's get a big body wide receiver and let's have fun with Patrick Mahomes. My goodness. My goodness. Wearing the Patrick Mahomes right now representing. Let's move along, Reese. Um, Another thing we don't have to talk about this too much, although we can talk about this for hours. But our offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, EB, as we call him, um, was runner-up we don't really know what he was uh for the saints head coaching job they picked dennis allen and for those that don't know dennis allen it's okay because no one knows who dennis allen is uh but dennis dennis (laughs) allen was eight and 28 in three seasons as a head coach uh in the past i think it was 2014 2015 and 2016 uh with the raiders and someone else um so, yeah, so he got passed up by Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen apparently had the core values of the Saints. Whatever. So we are hearing that EB, um, his contract is up, and we are hearing some rumors that he may go to another offense. Uh, Reese, what are you hearing there, and do you agree with that for EB? Should EB just stay with one of the greatest offenses in NFL history, or does he have to go to another team to then prove himself um, to make, you know, not anymore, but make like a Daniel Jones or make a Derek Carr into what Patrick Mahomes is now? Uh, I think first thing to address is the fact that this. I'm, I'm glad the Saints got their guy that fits their culture because, you know, that Saints motto of breaking shins and getting wins, you know, that's... <laughs> That's their game. Whatever. I mean, they're lost. I, I think Eric Bienme would have been perfect down there. I think we would have had a chance to really like cut his teeth as a head coach, show what he can do in a really bad cap situation without any quarterback. You know, give him a chance. Baptism by fire. You know, that's that's the the only way you really learn. Uh, does he come back to the Kansas City Chiefs? I think it all depends on how badly he wants to be a head coach. I would really like to see him be a head coach. I think he's got a lot of head coaching material. He's obviously got the scheme down. He has that attitude and mentality of just a good old-fashioned football coach. And also the players really like him. You know, he's a very, very liked guy on the sidelines and in the locker room. Unfortunately, I think the answer at this point, if he wants a head coach and gig in the NFL, seems to be he has to go to that college route and make a name for himself, which I don't think is fair. I, I you know, there's been guys with half the credentials and resumes of Eric Bieniemy that have gotten head coaching opportunities on their first go around that we're not seeing Eric getting for some reason. So that's incredibly frustrating for me. I do know his contracts up at the end of this season. So I think it would, I mean, obviously take a re-signing on our parts. The question is, do you think now that we will re-sign Eric Bietemi or do you think he might take a year off to try and test the college waters? I mean, we're not hearing any, any rumors anymore that he is going to take any college jobs. I know the USC job was up for grabs. Um, the CSU or CU Boulder was up for grabs, but those all are vacant. Or sorry, those are replaced now. So I don't think they're going to go that route. Look, of course, we'd be lucky to have him back. If 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 EB was here until Andy Reid retired, I think that is the perfect the perfect thing that could ever happen because. Andy Reid's just getting older, and he's already north of 60 now, right? Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, he's already north of 60. We don't know when he wants to retire. But why not EB just stay here until he retires? And it, it, I'm sure Brett Veach would 
would highly, highly consider him because of how complicated the Chiefs' offense is. We 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 just saw Josh Gordon, right? Josh Gordon. What what we heard was Josh Gordon. Just it took a very long time for him to get the playbook. I mean, it's even taking Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They weren't just immediate on the playbook. It's a very sophisticated, complicated playbook, and it would make no sense once Andy Reid retires that EB would not get that job if he was there or someone from the Andy Reid tree because then. You're, you're putting Patrick Mahomes in a whole new system where the system works, right? This system was innovated for Patrick Mahomes. I was listening to someone today talking about, do you know how hard it is for someone to invent an offense that takes four years to figure out? Like, like people are just figuring out Patrick Mahomes' offense of, you know, dropping back eight, dropping back seven. It took them four years to figure it out. Like, for... You know, people figured out Brady a lot a, a lot faster than that. Brady is just a smart guy, and 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 that scheme wasn't necessarily you know otherworldly. Where this took four years for NFL professionals and geniuses to figure out. So hopefully, EB's back. We love that guy. It's a shame he never gets a job. I think um, in the Brian Flores lawsuit, they disclosed that EB has had twenty two head coaching interviews in the past four years. I mean, just just nuts. But we don't have to get into that too much. Uh, but shout out to EB. We love you, man. We hope you stay. Uh, one more thing, Reese, before we move on and talk to our guys. Let's talk about something funny. Did you catch Tyree Kill's 40-yard dash? <laughs> I mean, his 40-yard, like, long stride warm-up, I absolutely did, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, first he, like, he was just wearing, like, like gym shorts. Well, they weren't even gym shorts. They, they, they looked like sweat shorts. I've never even seen sweat sh- shorts before. And he was wearing a sweatshirt with, like, a hoodie. While, like, Micah Parsons was wearing, a, like, Under Armour everything and then took his shirt off and just was was nasty was nasty so anyway um reese how 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 funny was that to see because because you can see him like going and then he's like this is not gonna work i'm not gonna do this i mean right right at the blocks it looks like he tweaked his heel that he tweaked back in uh what was it week 17 against denver week 18 against denver so i mean right out the gates he comes up hobbled and he just kind of like strides his way to the finish line and i'm proud of the guy he still like didn't get dusted by those dudes he was still right there and they you know they were plugging along and and he was just kind of doing his gazelle thing behind him so i mean props to tyree props to mike parson i would not want to full speed mike parson taking the tackle of me because i would get turned into field turf yeah, I actually didn't care at all about the whole Tyree Kill thing. I was more focused on I couldn't believe Micah Parsons is that fast. Oh, yeah. Like Micah Parsons in real life, I saw him in, on Thanksgiving. I forgot another Dallas game that we saw. Well, of course, we saw them play against the Chiefs. But Micah Parsons is amazing. And the, like, the fact that he can run that fast and he was beating everybody else in that dash. I forgot who else was in it. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Uh, someone else. I forgot who else. It doesn't matter. But Micah Parsons is real. And um, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see that guy grow. Uh, And then another funny Tyreek Hill thing before we segue out was Tyreek Hill at the NHL All-Star game when he fake chugs those 240s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was a did he take Eric Fisher's Stone Cold Steve Austin title from him for that? Do you think? I don't I don't think so. I think (laughs) I think Fisher holds the title. Well, and Mahomes, too. We saw Mahomes chug uh, after the Super Bowl at the Texas Tech game. Right. But but he didn't stone cold it. I'm talking, you know, smash the beers and, you know, uh, in front of you. I got to say Tyreek got the better explosion out of him. You have to get. But Eric Fisher's spontaneity, like just taking two dudes beers in the front row is pretty epic. 
So I'm going to yeah. say it's really close, but Eric Fisher still holds the gold. I mean, if like Tyreek Hill actually drank a sip of any of that beer instead of just letting it fall all over his face, then I probably would have given him a, a close second, but it's not even close. Come on, Tyreek. But look, I'm, I'm glad the guys are having fun. I'm glad because like once training camp starts, I know it's going to be a totally different mindset. Chiefs like, oh, my goodness, I, I, I can't. I can't wait for the fire that they are going to bring into the next year's season because they were one half away from being Super Bowl champions, right? They were they were they were three Patrick Mahomes mistakes away from a Super Bowl champion. They were they were two handoffs away from a Super Bowl championship. That's all they had to do is hand the ball off. But neither here nor there. We already had that podcast. If you guys want to go back and look at our reaction podcast to the Chiefs Bengals, we don't want to revisit that. But if you want to revisit it, please go look at spotify and all the other sites this is actually a perfect segue reese tell us where we are on social media and tell the people um t- 24 minutes in they can't believe a podcast like this is so amazing um how could they donate to our podcast as well check the banner at the bottom for our social media information we are on facebook and instagram at fountain city sm if you like what you hear you can become an official friend of the podcast at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you'll find outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews, including Season Zero that we alluded to in the beginning of the cast. So if you want to hear Season Zero, our humble origins from where we came from, check out patreon.com backslash FCSM. Armando, before we go any further in here, can I make a surprise really quick? Ooh, okay. Is it going to be a surprise for me, too? I don't know what's going on. Nah, sort of. Uh, what was the beer you cracked open? I cracked open a Breckenridge Brewery Christmas Ale. My official beer of the evening was not the two ounces of cork I was sipping on, as delicious Uh-oh. it was. It is Off Color Brewing's Dino S'mores, which out Alex Nikolenko right now. I bought you a can of this earlier today, my friend, and congratulations for making it into PT school. That's number one. Oh, shout number, out, shout out, Alex. Yeah. Number two. In the spirit of getting on to Mount Crushmore, you need two people to verify a beer. So, Alex, tonight you have the chance to verify a beer onto Mount Crushmore if you think it is good enough. So I'm going to do a quick taster of this bad boy, let you know what I think. And, Alex, I'm going to need you to verify this later on the podcast, okay? Okay. 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 For those of you that don't know, Reese just went, like, full out – that that just came out of left field for him to do the uh, the uh, two vote into Mount Crushmore. For those of you who don't know what Mount, Mount Crushmore is, Reese and I have reviewed almost ninety and Kyle as well back in the day. We've almost reviewed ninety beers, um, and we have a rating scale of each beer with different categories. So if that beer hits, you know six tens out of the seven categories that we have uh then we can put something on what is called mount crushmore which is the best beers of fountain city sports media currently i believe we only have four um so if reese decides today this one is mount crushmore worthy alex will then be the last vote the uh if if we're in congress the vice president vote perhaps mm-hmm. <laughs> to make that pick all right reese do you want to review it now before david comes on or uh Quick 90-second beer reviews is what's going on tonight. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. Category number one, hit me. All right, let's do flavor. Actually, aroma, since you're sniffing it. What what do we smell? Do we smell a lot of s'mores or no? I'm getting a comparative to the Fresh Batch Series S'mores from Top and Goliath, which is partially why I got this. 
Uh, I'm getting a lot more coffee notes in this, a lot of black coffee, uh, a lot of cacao, kind of that cocoa nib smell. Yeah, on aroma, it's very nice. A little bit bitter for my liking on something s'mores that I want sweets. So I'm going to give this an 8.5 on aroma. Next Ooh. up. Next up, flavor. Ooh. That's fancy s'more. Where, uh, I love the toppling Goliath for having the graham cracker, the chocolate, the marshmallow going on. This tastes like if someone's like, this is graham cracker from Dolce Bakery made with a Ghirardelli chocolate square and a craft like butterscotch marshmallow from Casey Marshmallow Company. I'm like, oh, I totally get that. So that opens up the debate, friend. Flavor on that beer. A lot of coffee notes. I'm going to give that a 9.4 on flavor. 9.4. All right. Out of the gates. Let's see. Why don't we skip aftertaste? How about mouthfeel? Mouthfeel. Yeah, is it, is it heavy because it's a stout or maybe a little lighter because it's not an imperial? Uh, a little more effervescent than you would think for a 10% imperial stout. Oh, this uh, is a double. Sorry. Yeah. it's it 10%? Have, Reese? Sneaky, you're, right? You're, you're probably not going to make it to the end of this podcast. Oh, no, I'll be fine. I'm too jazzed. Uh, but more importantly... Uh, the fresh batch series s'mores was a milk stout, which made it a little more thin, a little more light, and uh, you know easier in the mouth than this was. Uh, but all things considered, not a bad mouthfeel. Just nothing that's blowing me away. I'm going to give this an 8.8 on mouthfeel. All right, 8.8. And why don't we end it off, Reese, with our Stonks Drinkability Quotient. That's right. For those that don't know what Stonks Drinkability Quotient is, is how awesome is this beer? What is unique about this beer? Why is this beer if it is the Patrick Mahomes of its style. Uh, the fact that, like I said, this is a fancy s'more. Uh, I broke that down earlier for you in the makings of this. So I think that gives it a big wild card in the quality of this. It's not too heavy. It's not too light. S'more flavor, not as much s'more smell. Big Stonks drinkability quotients got me interested. I'm going to give this an 8.9 on B Stonks quotient. <laughs> anyway okay well pretty pretty high remarks so reese are you debating to put this on the mount crushmore list i withhold my vote on this until i hear alex's review so i do not sully his opinion ah so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen that's right you have to wait until alex comes on the pod which will be a little later um before we bring on david uh for those of you following on facebook go ahead and comment let us know what you're drinking at home let us know uh, if you have any questions about the chiefs about the super bowl about football or anything else that we talk about we also like basketball too if you want to talk about that we have david um actually before we bring him on he was already on the on the chat saying let's go Dotson would be nuts so actually David when we have David on he can talk about Dotson a little bit and then I got my cousin Daniel he goes hey I'm all about good times yes Daniel is about good times um, stories I cannot tell on this podcast but uh, we had a great time in Phoenix a good a good guy all right Reese why don't you bring in our first guest that's right bring in David and uh, David can introduce himself or Reese you can introduce him hey with his Packers gear on while he dances to our free, <laughs> free uh, uh, music. A royalty-free entrance music. I was going to say royalty-free music so you don't get in trouble. Yep. <laughs> Sam says, God, I hate him. <laughs> You'll get your Me too, Sam. Sam. Uh, nihilistic podcast. Dave, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you doing, boys? 
Not too bad. Not too bad. Enjoy my delicious Dino Tours off-color brewing. Can't wait to see what Alex has to do later on in the show. But Armando's got a bunch of questions to ask you tonight. I do, but before oh, we do that, uh, David, introduce yourself to our uh, to our audience. Let us know how you know Reese and um, and your Packers fandom. Yeah, you bet. Uh, my name is David Farrell. I um, currently reside in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, I've known Reese for a oh, long here, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going back to junior high, uh, Cedar Falls, oh. Iowa. Um, went to high school together, college together. Um, Packers fandom, uh, it's been my whole life. Uh, my dad uh, introduced me, so born and raised. Uh, go Pack Go. Nice. Nice. And in Iowa, are you either a Packers fan or a Bears fan in Iowa? How does that work in Iowa? Yeah, I've never known. It, it's uh, pretty NFC North heavy, um, except for the Lions. Um, so I'm in that <laughs> eastern Iowa area where it's oh, mostly cool. Chicago. And then you have a heavy contingent of uh, Vikings and Packers fans, too. Um, but the occasional Kansas City fan. Yeah. Like when you get to like Des Moines line on down is when you start seeing like mm-hmm. arrowheads pop up. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Especially Even Des Moines. Though, it's what? Two hours away from Kansas City. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's really close. Yeah. Just a, you know, just a nice drive away. Some say Des Moines is just an extended suburb of Kansas City, you know, so... They I've pay, said that pay, many times. <laughs> yeah, they pay Johnson County taxes in Des Moines. I'm pretty sure That's, <laughs> that is that is quite the extension. Um, speaking about non-extensions, though, David. So this whole year and preseason, we've heard just the most unbelievable things from Aaron Rodgers and the Aaron Rodgers drama from draft day, right? From Aaron Rodgers forcing a trade to San Francisco to the GM flying to I don't know where he was to big for mercy and then of course we won't talk about the pat mcafee interviews which were um which may have been the greatest moment of 2021 when it comes to what the heck is going on um so david with all that in mind not not only that but aaron Rodgers actually played extremely well this year with the packers um so tell us your thoughts it looks like aaron Rodgers is likely to be leaving so as a packers fan what are you feeling right now give us your emotions you're happy you're sad you're relieved bittersweet yeah, um, I don't know. Do you think he's going? From what I've heard, from what <laughs> I've heard. Now I'm not on the ground. I'm not on the ground there in uh, in in Green Bay. Uh, but from what I've heard is that yeah, there may be a few suitors, um, particularly the Broncos, perhaps. But have you yeah. heard otherwise, David? Maybe you're hearing that he's staying. I, I think let's uh, take this whole thing into consideration so yeah we can go back to a year ago when i first joined you guys on draft night um i was glued to my couch for about 12 hours when the aaron Rodgers news first broke out that he wanted to leave wasn't happy with the gm uh that was a big concern and then kind of waited waited we thought denver may have been a suitor then um we thought it could have happened on draft night and uh nothing happened he reported to training camp uh later in the year got off to a slow start figured it out after week one and by all accounts they kind of figured it out with gudakuts the gm uh they got randall cobb his his buddy there i I think it's important to note that roger still has two years left on his contract so it's kind of up to the packers if they actually want to trade him or not but but we can talk about suitors 
Denver certainly is one of them. I, I looked up earlier, they actually have the 10th biggest cap salary cap space, um, about 48 million. Um, huh. so that, that's certainly enough. Uh, if they wanted to trade for him, I, I'm guessing they would have to give up a bunch of draft picks, uh, maybe like a Jerry Judy and he'd be following Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Green Bay's old offensive coordinator. Is that enough for him to want to go to Denver? Yeah. yeah. Uh, possibly. So, so David, I, I, I'm going to go back then. So, David, you said that as you as a Packers fan and sports, we're unsure where he wants to go. Where does that put you as a fan, though? Do you want to just to get rid of the situation? Or are you hopeful that if he comes back, you might get a Super Bowl ring, you bring back Devontae Adams? I don't know how that works out with contract-wise. But what are your emotions right now? Are you just like, get it done with and let's let's blow it up? What are you feeling? That's where I'm leaning towards right now. Because um, you look at the Packers situation, it's uh, a salary cap nightmare. <laughs> They have the second worst uh, salary cap behind the Saints. Um, it, they're about forty-eight million over the cap. And, and this is with, without Devonte Adams. That's without Devonte Adams. Um, so they would have to likely restructure Rogers' contract. They'd probably have to cut a few people on the offensive line. Uh, just a whole bunch. Um, they'd like they have to franchise tag Devonte adams um <laughs> with which i don't know if he wants to do he'd likely hold out if if that's the case because he wouldn't be, be getting paid what he wants to this year at least i know the franchise tag it, it works out in those later years but then on defense uh you have to make big choices too you have to probably get rid of zadaria smith green bay's leading sack uh sacker i guess um and uh, there's just a whole bunch of unknowns at this point, which is why it, the easiest thing would probably be to blow it up. But I think if Rogers wants to make it work, they will find ways to make it work. So say, so say you do blow it up then. Would you rather start the campaign of Jordan Love? Or are you looking for a switch with a Garoppolo, with a Derek Carr, with a Russell Wilson? What direction do you want as a Packers fan? I, I think if you're going to blow it up, man, that's tough. I, I think you have to at least give Jordan Love a, a year. I think it's safe to say that he's not the guy, but he's also the guy you traded up for a year ago. What, was it a year ago? Uh, it was two years ago. Two years ago. It was two years ago. Crazy. Man, this pandemic is just... <laughs> <laughs> it yep. feels like yesterday. Um, yeah, traded up two years ago. So I guess you could just, I guess if you've seen enough of him, probably just let him go. Mm, that's tough. From what you've seen this year, do you think Jordan's love is ready to go? Well, we only saw him in the Kansas City game, and that was coming off a short week. I'm trying to remember the exact timeline. I think Aaron Rodgers tested positive for covid was that like on a Wednesday? It was, uh, goodness. I think it was like maybe Tuesday. No, Tuesday, wait, it was, it was Wednesday. There was no chance of him coming back because he was only uh, immunized. He was not vaccinated. Right. <laughs> we, we don't need to realize that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, but I think coming off a short week, um, not getting much reps with the ones before that, uh, it's kind of tough to know. He and Devontae looked really bad that game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, credit to the Chiefs defense. They played really well. Um, I think he had like one, not even one target, or he had one target that game. He had targets, um, but who started one reception? Yeah, yeah, one one reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they played really well, but I think also some of that could have been timing. If Rodgers gets all the ones, uh, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. So speaking about scheme, then we talked about. I'm I'm doing a fake segue there. Tell us about Nathaniel Hackett. So we got our Kansas City fans here, right? And our Kansas City fans aren't really nervous about the Broncos, but we're curious. What is Nathaniel Hackett going to bring to the Broncos? What did he bring to the Packers? Because everyone talks about Matt LaFleur. He's the best. He's the nerdy genius. So what did Nate Hackett do on that team that impressed you and what we should look out for? That's a good question. Um, You look at Hackett's career, he spent a year in Buffalo. Um, He's a Doug Marone guy. Uh, That was in 2013 um, when they had that not very good EJ Manuel, CJ Spiller team. (laughs) (laughs) Then he uh, went with Doug Marone to Jacksonville. Yep, yep. Um, And actually took Bortles to uh, the AFC Championship. That's right. That's right. Um, and then I think they started three and eight the next year, and Hackett got fired unexpectedly. Then followed the floor to Green Bay in 2019. Um, had the highest scoring offense in 2020. Uh, so, man, you look at his styles. There's no seemingly trend between all of those three teams. I mean, you look at what they did in Jacksonville and what they did in Green Bay. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm guessing he would take mostly parts of LaFleur's offense to uh, Denver because that seems to be the trend, uh, the way it's going with uh, the McVay and Shanahan tree, which is another case for uh, trading Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Um, it's a system he's already familiar with uh, and would have to relearn that. The question is, what do you want to go to the AFC West to play Herbert and Mahomes twice a year and Russell Wilson. Don't forget. And Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be there. Yep. Is a, uh, is a uh, Sierra's um, Las Vegas show confirmed Reese. Uh, I will have to check my, that's sources. right. She has to get that residency. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of stuff can happen there. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, let's see to round it out then let me look at what we are doing there okay yeah so any last thoughts about the packers david i mean anything you want to say to the fans any um yeah anything you want to say before we uh have a beer if you have one i think we just have to be patient uh wait it out um aaron Rodgers said he didn't want to uh be in a rebuilding situation and he didn't want to drag us out like his uh predecessor brett Favre. Um, so hopefully we have a decision by at least the draft. Yeah, that would, that would, that would be nice, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I mean, 
regardless of what happens to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, you still have some really good running backs. And hopefully Matt LaFleur is going to let Aaron Jones cook for now. And instead of Corey, is it Corey Dillon's your uh, second guy? AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. Sorry, not Corey. Um, Because AJ Dillon was cooking really well. And unfortunately, Aaron Jones is also really freaking good. So it would be great. Maybe if you have Jordan Love, now you have this like 49ers, maybe three headed monster, like running back, like now it's centered on the running backs which matt lafleur mm-hmm. would be would know about because of the shanahan system um so i'm actually excited for the packers don't worry david yeah. we're sorry about what you've gone through you're yep. a good friend of ours now you're a good friend of mine now we're on the on our fountain fantasy chat which is the the hottest ticket out there if you if you can oh, yeah. get on our it's chat that, um the uh, the next person to be on the chat you have to donate a hundred dollars on patreon then we'll, <laughs> then we'll get you on that chat because it's it is fire it's a fire chat uh but all right, David. So to round it out, unless Reese have anything, uh, David, tell us what uh, what you're drinking or what what you're gonna drink. Yeah, you have sure, a craft beer to be for us. I, I've got this uh, new. Where's the camera? New Belgium food. Hey, food arranger. Haze IPA. So a slight twist to it. Um, it I, I did crack it open. I'm not gonna lie. That's fine. As you should. <laughs> I mean, if 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 we're gonna talk about Aaron Rodgers. Ugh, God. <laughs> All right. In that There's case, then, uh, in the quick. Uh, first off, what beer do you think Aaron Rodgers drinks? Or does he just drink kombucha? Uh, he's a scotch guy, right? Or, oh, or is he a scotch guy? Sipping oh, tequila. Gosh. Wow, that's impressive. Okay, then question number two. You have 90 seconds to review this beer starting okay. now. Armando, lead him through. Oh. Okay, here we go. So well, let's do a aroma first. Give that beer a nice sniff and let us know what you smell. Anything sweet? uh maybe a little dank perhaps mm-hmm. yeah it is an ipa so you get that dankness right away but um there, there's uh some citrus in there whether it's lemon or lime maybe and give a us a rating out of one a one to ten how does that how is that ten being awesome one being eh. we're, we're gonna go 7.6 Woo, 7.6 all right excellent now let's do flavor what are you smelling on there are you smelling some sweetness do you also taste that sweetness yep yep there's a lot of it, it, it's funny. It hits you uh, like a traditional IPA at first, and then the citrus notes come out. Um, so right now, the, the aftertaste, I'm just getting a lot of the... It, it's a lot of lemon. And uh, like some... Uh, what, what are the little oranges? Clementines. Uh, clementines. Clementines. Yeah. yeah, it tastes just like a clementine. Solid. Solid. All right. And to round it out with, I don't know, 20 seconds left. Tell us the <laughs> stonkability quotient on this. How awesome is this beer? How unique is it? Is it close to as good as Aaron Rodgers it, is at football? It, it's very crushable. It is not worthy of a uh, what's going to be a five-time MVP. Oh, okay. All right. Pretty good. And how about a, a, a rating on that? One to ten. 8.2. And that was David's 92nd beer review of the Juicy Hazy, which is actually the Voodoo Ranger. Maybe not the Juicy Hazy portion, but it is the um, the highest grossing uh, IPA in America, actually. Really? No kidding. Just thought you would know. Random fact. Yeah. It's at, it's at every grocery store and everyone gets it. So. Yeah. Wow. All right, David. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, stick around if you want, or um, just send us on the chat. If you hear anything fire you want to contribute to, let us know, and we'll bring you right back. This is fun. Sounds good. 
All right, that was David Farrell from our Fountain Fantasy text chain. There's a lot of people on there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we do our next matchup, I, just, I have to text Mike because I don't think he's watching. Um, Reese, give us another Patreon shout-out. Uh, if you like this podcast you're hearing or you want to pay enough to get us off of the air, uh, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. We will find outtakes, bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews like the one you just heard from our man, David Farrell. Uh, don't forget to check it out, man. Be a friend of the podcast. There's a lot of benefits. We got a special episode coming up in just a few weeks that a uh, patron zero might be part of. If by which might be, I mean, will be part of. So keep an eye out for that. All right. While Buffalo Mike joins, he, he said he's joining right now. Um, I'll read some of the chats. Oh, um, my 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 boy Drew is on the chat. Uh, Drewski from Weldworks. I see you there. He's watching. What up, Drew? Uh, Drew's a sales rep out here in Colorado Springs. Uh, Real OG loves craft beer. S- tell us tell us on the chat what what you're drinking. He always drinks some fire fire beers. Um, my wife says hot take Mondo is cute, and then my brother says ditto, and then I said ditto while that was going on. So that was fun. Um, Logan wants to know, Reese, what is your favorite mascot? <laughs> My favorite mascot? Ooh, like that's in existence? Or, I mean, like. As she just said, so what's your favorite mascot? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Uh, man, I got to think. Is, is there one that pops into your head right away? Um. I think the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies, like the old like nineteen nineties Memphis Grizzlies mascot, was pretty cool with like the the throwback jersey. Um, Toronto, actually the the uh, Philly Fanatic. I think the Philly Fanatic's oh, pretty cool. There's only one answer to this question: the Phoenix Suns Uh-oh. gorilla. Oh yeah, the gorilla. Fine, Number fine, one undisputed. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe oh yeah Van- sorry A- andrew's right vancouver Grizz is what i was thinking of um yeah. cool all right let's let's get buffalo mike on said he's in so ladies and gentlemen as they come in let me uh let let me give some context as to what's about to happen right now um while this while this music comes on oh, yeah. so Again, our Found City Sports Chat. We know Buffalo Mike from our previous episodes, and like I said, Buffalo Mike, he loves the Buffalo Bills. Well, we also have a guy on the chat named Sam, and Sam thinks Josh Allen's okay, but he really loves Super Bowl Joe Burrow. And you know who Buffalo Mike hates? You know who that guy hates? He hates Super Bowl Burrow because he's constantly compared to Josh Allen and particularly in our chat. And they keep going back and forth. I mean, for months, ladies and gentlemen, like I'm up at 6 a.m. and and I'm already seeing like them going back and forth about Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. So it's time to settle the debate. It is time for them to meet face to face. Here is Sam and Buffalo Mike. Music's just setting the tone perfectly. Hey, okay. Can you hear me, (laughs) gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, um, why don't you both introduce yourselves, Sam? Why don't you go first? Let us know who you are, where you're from, and whose jersey is that? Uh, So, uh, like, like you said, my name is Sam. Um, I'm from Eastern Iowa. 
friend of the pod through uh, David, who is friends with Reese, who who I met through him. Um, and I'm a Vikings fan, so you might be confused a little bit, but as a Northern Iowa Panther grad, I, I, I got a rep, Kurt Warner, the Warner jersey. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a classic, and the Rams mm-hmm. are in the Super Bowl, so um, so I got to rep that. But, Reese, I don't know if you remember, we went to the Chiefs and Ravens, I think in their, their first game with Lamar, and there was a, a gentleman sitting in front of us who um, – in a real power play wore not only a Jersey, but a Jersey underneath his Jersey. So underneath the Kurt Warner, I got to rep the classic Randy Moss. Oh, you know? so I'm oh. still got the colors on. So, so Dude. we're still good here, man. I thought I was going to have the dopest vintage Jersey tonight, but you got a Kurt nope. Warner and a Randy Moss going. Gosh, dang it, man. Well, I, the- I have to limit myself to only classic players. Cause I, the, the most recent jersey I bought was Teddy Bridgewater, and two weeks after I bought it, he shredded his knee. So I'm not oh, doing no. that anymore. Dude, you should just get, like, the, the Bridgewater rainbow of jerseys. Be like, I got a Bridgewater yeah. Carolina and a Bridgewater <laughs> I can't buy a Bridgewater Saints. It's against my religion. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, and Buffalo Mike, why are you wearing black? What's up? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can Still hear you. Hear okay. I'm still in mourning. Because of the <laughs> so I've been wearing black for the past two weeks. Um, good to meet you, Sam. Good to meet you too, Literally. Buffalo Mike. Um, yeah, uh, Buffalo Mike, where where are you? Where do you live right now? And tell us about you being a Bills fan. Well, um, I live I live in New York still. I live in New York City, um, but I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm a big time Bills fan all my life um and finally we have not only a franchise quarterback but we have probably the the in my no i would say the best quarterback in the league and then i have to deal with this but all of, now we got joe burrow this poser in the super bowl thank you <laughs> oh, I got, hey well, there's oh, the color hey yeah, yeah, yeah. it's back um no, I mean, this whole thing started because I, I think I, all I said was that I think Joe Burrow's overrated, which he's absolutely overrated. Like, like I was looking at some stats the I, other I, day. And I guess we're just going to start. Doing, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, it, Buffalo Mike. <laughs> well, so Jamari's had like 757 yards after the catch. Then, who was it? Uh, Joe Mixon had over 400 yards after the catch. And Josh Allen, for instance, just like to let you all know, his net of all the, I think his, I'm not looking at the stats now because I'm just on my phone and been drinking, but um, <laughs> his his top yards after the catch receiver was like 56th in the NFL. So my my initial argument was just that Joe Burrow is overrated. Not that he's bad, he's just overrated, which I still agree, still stand by. Okay, so when you say overrated, and Sam, why don't you chime in here? Where where are we putting Joe Burrow? So you say that he's overrated. Is that because people are saying Joe Burrow is t- is a top five quarterback? Sam, do you think he's a top five quarterback in the league right now, Joe Burrow? Um, see, I tend to think um, more long term when, when I was making this debate. So 
I, I, you know, I kind of pushed Rogers aside and at the time Brady hadn't retired yet. So I was still considering Brady. So I wasn't necessarily going to put him over those guys. But for me, when you look at the, the young talent in the league right now, you have contrary to what Buffalo Mike says. And I think I should get some support from the hosts that the number one quarterback in the I'm league is not Josh Allen. The number one quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes. He's in a tier sure. unto himself. He's, he's, he's separate. But then you get to that next group of young quarterbacks and you have Josh Allen, you have Justin Herbert and you have Joe Burrow. I think those are the next three guys. And you can argue if you want to, you know, if you get a Ravens fan who wants Lamar Jackson in there or a Cardinals fan who wants Kyler Murray, go, go ahead. But I think that it's those, those three um, guys as the next tier. So and if you, if if you're starting your franchise and you had to rank them, uh, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, how are you ranking them? Who who would you pick first? I want to preface this by saying that that, that there was a misconception that I don't like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is an excellent quarterback. Fair. I I root for the Minnesota Vikings. You guys, I would kill for any of these guys instead of Kirk Cousins. Um, but I personally would take Joe Burrow first, then Josh Allen, and then Justin Herbert. Wow. And that, that is how we're starting this debate. Why, That's what's though? up. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. So Sam gives of, his of, point and then Buffalo Mike will give his rebuttal. Or because of his arm strength or because. Okay. So, so. All right. Sam first. Playoffs, Sam first. I'm, I'm right. I'm confused. So I'm going to first address some of the slander that I heard on the last podcast, you know, <laughs> and, and that ties into your kind of arguments that, that Joe Burrow is carried for some reason by, by the talent on his team. And that's just a crazy argument to me because every quarterback is reliant on the talent around him. If you take away Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen is not as good. And the evidence of that is Josh Allen took his biggest leap when they traded for Stephon Diggs. Patrick Mahomes hasn't had an NFL season without Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends of all time, and Tyree Kill. So if we're going to say, oh, well, Joe Burrow's not good without good receivers, well, yeah, no one's uh, – Kurt Warner's not good without Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, right? Uh, argument, Tor- uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner took a pretty sorry Cardinals receiving core to the Super Bowl outside of Larry Fitzgerald. I was going to say, are we forgetting Larry Oh, he had to get Anquan Bolden then. Like, Scrub. That, was a decent, that was a decent oh, receiver. Yeah, all right. I, I also think Adrian wasn't Adrian Peterson on Adrian that team too. <laughs> might have been the Cardinals. No, no. Um, oh, okay, Adrian Peterson like, was on the Cardinals at one point. Anyway, continue. Right, but that—that's my point. Right, is that and and the Bengals supporting cast is good, but there was an argument that, oh well, if if Joe Burrow were really the guy, why were they handing off to Joe Mixon so much? Why were they running the ball? That was something you guys brought up on your last podcast. Twenty-eight but if times. You t- if you, it's actually, he only ran the ball 21 times. And if you combine the, the non quarterback rushes, the Kansas city chiefs had 21 rushing attempts and Cincinnati had 22. And you guys even said that Kansas city should be running the ball more. So you can't apply it to, to Joe Burrow and not against Patrick Mahomes is what I'm saying. I see. If, I see. If, if you're asking me why I like Joe Burrow, it's, it's not because of cherry picking stats. It's because I look at traits and I admit that when it comes to mobility and arm strength, that Joe Burrow is not on the level that the um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are. But when it comes to decision-making and accuracy, 
he's a step above Josh Allen. Absolutely. Go watch the Jags against the Buffalo Bills, the 9-6 game that I made myself watch and wanted to gouge my eyes out because Josh Allen made <laughs> okay, so many then the, You just said you don't want to cherry-pick stats. Let's <laughs> cherry-pick one game. Okay, you could look at Atlanta, too. That was another game where he was awful. Okay, wait, hold was, on. Okay, for 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 for, for okay, the that, for the that. sake of the platform, for the sake of the platform, Sam, do you have any last thoughts before Buffalo Mike does his rebuttal? Sure. So I'll I'll end it with this: that I I I think that the the general tone from you guys is you want a quarterback that can do everything. You want a quarterback that's mobile, that's accurate, that's that makes good decisions, that processes quickly, that has elite arm strength, and. I'll tell you, Kansas City Chiefs fans, that you're spoiled, that that doesn't come all the time and that you can have an elite quarterback who doesn't have an A plus in every single category. Joe Burrow doesn't have an A plus in arm strength. He doesn't have an A plus in mobility, but he's more mobile than Kirk Cousins, for sure. That was something that Reese said that my brain exploded in the last podcast. (laughs) And, (laughs) And he has the arm strength to make all the throws. So you can still be successful in this league and be a quarterback that doesn't have elite mobility or, or elite arm strength. And, and, and now I'll turn it over to you, Buffalo Mike, for your, for your rebuttal. No, I agree with you. And also that's insane to think that Kirk Cousins is more. No, hold on here. We're we're checking the stats. We're checking these stats. Uh, Let's see. According to this here. Joe Burrow. Was Drew Bledsoe also more uh, mobile than, <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> than uh, Joe? I, I, I will be dead for the bled, man. Bledsoe knows what's up. Uh, hold on. I, I just got to find Why can't I find his combine results? Okay. What are you uh, doing right now? He's, go, like, he's going through what? combine stats. <laughs> and see, the I watch is, Kirk Cousins every week. Every <laughs> week. <laughs> don't mean, don't mean Jack. Hold on. Uh, oh, that's funny. Let's see. Um, see, they're afraid to post his 40-yard dash time just because they're like, it's so slow that they don't want this stat coming Run to the truth. He's probably embarrassed. Let's see. 40-yard uh, dash. Philip Rivers okay, was, well, okay, well, was really mobile. Who, Philip Rivers? Yeah, he was. No, I'm yeah, yeah, if you're looking for a... Okay, okay, Reese. Uh, more mobile. While you look for that, okay, Mike, why don't... Why don't you give your your arguments against what Sam just said, and then Reese will chime in when he's ready. Uh, I'm ready right now. Sorry. Okay. All right. Time. Reese will chime in, and then Buffalo Mike has the floor. 40-yard dash time, Joe Burrow, 4.9 seconds. 40-yard dash time, Kirk Cousins, 4.84 seconds. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's just a okay, speed Okay. Both demon. very slow. Both very slow. Great. <laughs> very slow, yes. Okay, Buffalo Mike, the floor is yours. Well, I first I just want to respond to that Atlanta point and say that, I mean, if you if you watch the game, it was like a total snowstorm and three. I think he threw three picks and two of them bounced off of his own guys first. So like I don't know. I mean I, that and the Jacksonville point is I I won't argue with that. It was a bad game, but also I mean I'm sure I could go back and watch. I didn't watch all of Joe Burrow's games because. He just isn't exciting enough to watch a full game of. But were I to, I'm sure I could find a you know a, a few uh, miss miss throws too. Um, no, no, I mean like I, I agree with you though what you said about you know a quarterback doesn't have to have all the you know doesn't have to, the strongest arm doesn't have to have doesn't have to be the, the 
the most it doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson running the ball. It doesn't have to, you know, have Josh Allen's arm or Mahomes' arms, whatever. Um but I just look at like just looking at the AFC alone, I think on traits, I mean I think I mean if I would say and I think most people most unbiased opinions would agree that Allen is the best runner after Jackson in the of the quarterbacks. Um and has probably has the strongest arm. Okay, so you've got Mahomes, Allen, whatever you wanna however you wanna you wanna put them. Then you have Herbert, I would put Jackson ahead of him. And Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. No, I'm just kidding. I'd probably put him I'd probably put him fourth. <laughs> so I don't think Joe Burrow's better, but I mean he's been carried like if you watched any of the, the playoffs game, they they kept it way, way too close against Las Vegas, the Raiders. Um Tennessee, I mean, Tannehill had to, through like he literally had to lose them the game, and then Mahomes completely becomes a shell of himself um, in the second half. And so Burrow's been fine, but he hasn't done anything to win any of these games. Um, and they've kind of sort of just lucked into these wins. Whatever. I mean, they, you know. I will say though, now, the running the 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 pass to run ratio is a weird thing that Zach Taylor's been. I've, I've been I haven't been a fan of Zach Taylor for that. He runs the ball way too much, um, and um, he also has the worst record of a of any Super Bowl coach head coach like ever, which is kind of funny. But that's random and unimportant. <laughs> Mike, um, Mike, I I I want you to respond to him saying that Joe Burrow. Um, is a better decision maker than Josh Allen. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's insane. I would say, like, Josh Josh Allen is the most talented quarterback in the league. He accounted for over, I think, over ninety percent of the team's offense, which no one is even close to. No one else is even close to that. Not Mahomes, not Burrow. Because the Bills can't run the ball. <laughs> right, but we still went eleven and. You know what I mean, like. And still, he was. Allen was. The Bills were better than the Bengals. With Allen completely running the ball, he was. I actually, Singletary led the team, but he was second leading rusher. He rushed for nine touchdowns this year. He's ran for over 600 yards every year in his career. This year was seven something. I don't have stats in front of me. Um, But yeah, I mean, traits, you want to look at traits? I think. I'm biased, but easily I think Allen is the best traits quarterback in the league. And then you want to look at decision-making. Okay, like I think he once in a while he can make a bad decision, but we just saw Patrick Mahomes make a bunch of bad decisions too. Like, sure. You know, in the that, that last play. I mean, the, nobody's, nobody's perfect no, nobody's, there. And, um, right. and accuracy-wise, I mean, Allen threw 70% completion last year. Like that's, that's Drew Brees-level accuracy. I mean, and he can throw it a mile, so – I don't. I, I, I feel like know. every I mean, that, quarterback that's a, that's has a, like that's a, a narrative. That's a narrative nowadays. that was from the draft, um, and like all the pre-draft stuff with Allen that has just like people have hung on to, um, even like Nick Wright and people like that. And it's just like it isn't. It's provably wrong now. Like he is. He's no longer inaccurate. He his decision making has gotten much better. If and it's, I don't know what um, what's his name's uh, Burrow's uh, interceptions were, but. Allen's were like 13, I think, and he played like three games in a snowstorm. So, you know, take that for what it is. But, yeah, so that's 
Bill's fine. Okay. I have no problem with him. Like he's all right. So 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 that's that's I'm Buffalo sick of Mike. That he's like a great quarterback. Well, yeah. Not. I mean, Sam Sam just said that he would take Burrow over Josh Allen if he was a GM right, of, which of a team. I think is insane. Um, but <laughs> okay, once, Sam. I mean, one's playing Sam, for a counter Bowl. argument. Counters <laughs> to what he said. Well, I mean, one's playing for a Super Bowl on Sunday, and it's not did Josh you, Allen. Did you, so. can you? Can we look up Josh Allen's stats for the playoffs this year? No, he was he was nuts. He was awesome. He threw for like seven hundred yards. They were perfect on offense. Literally perfect. Sure, he he beat up the Patriots. That's true, and he went toe to toe with the Chiefs, and that's great. But he lost. They lost the game. And as a quarterback, you're judged by whether you win. Okay, wins and losses are the are not quarterbacks. That wins and losses. So you're saying. Like, I don't know what I think I said this in the chat, but what did Here's you want the thing. Josh Allen? To I'm do? not, go I'm not arguing play, that Josh Allen is bad defense uh, for the last 13 seconds. Like, I'm not that arguing that him. Josh Allen is bad. I'm saying he that he's good. The ball off. I'm saying I think, Josh, I think Allen Josh Allen is Allen good. Done a squib kick. Maybe that would have won us the game. <laughs> I'd like to see Josh Allen do a squib kick. This is better than Tyler Bass. Okay, all right, all right, Sam, Sam, go for it, go for it. This is this is the error in logic is arguing that I think Josh Allen is bad. That I think Josh Allen didn't do incredible things in the playoff. He's an incredible quarterback. I would love to have Josh Allen as my quarterback. He's incredible. You said you take Joe Burrow over him. I would because Joe Burrow really it's. it's, (laughs) You say Joe Burrow. I would take. I would take Joe Burrow because. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in part the decision-making, you know, it's not just, you know, one game. I, I identified Jacksonville as an example, but multiple times, both, but Josh Allen, both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are both guilty of not stepping up in the, in the pocket playoffs. and, in the and flooding out outside wins. and flooding outside of the pocket because they, they don't have. Joe Burrow's instincts and Joe Burrow's fearlessness, which Reese pointed out this week, he admitted Joe Burrow is fearless in stepping up in the sure. pocket and, and delivering throws to yeah. a dude that tore his ACL last year and has no offensive line. He's stepping up and throwing dimes. If you look at the percentage of tight window passes, he was second in the NFL per next gen stats. He's throwing tight window balls to guys under heavy pressure all the time and taking numerous hits and he still gets up the next play and does it all over again. Joe Burrow is the guy that I want leading my, my team. Would I want Josh Allen leading my team? Absolutely. Would I want Patrick Mahomes leading my team? Absolutely. I would want any of these guys. They're all in the same conversation is what I'm saying. What we're not saying is if you think that Joe Burrow is on what I assume you guys are saying is Kirk cousins level, that's bonkers. That's insanity because Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Kirk Cousins doesn't have more mobile. Strength. So Kirk Cousins he, is more mobile. Kirk Cousins has Kirk better, is more mobile. Kirk Cousins has more speed, maybe in a straight line, but he <laughs> he doesn't have the pocket mobility that Burrow did, which he showed against Kansas City on multiple occasions. Kirk, when he feels pressure, turtles. It's a lot of these statue quarterbacks get a little panicked, they get a little scared, and they turtle up and they fall on the ground and that's the end of the play. Burrow is at least going to try and navigate the pocket a lot like Aaron Rodgers does. Now he doesn't have Rodgers's rocket launcher attached to his arm, but he's still able to escape and get the ball out to his playmakers. And that's why I think Joe Burrow is, is so good. It, and, and I don't, I don't disagree with you. If you say that you prefer Josh Allen, it's like, would you rather want 
uh, Drew Brees, which I think is a, a comp for Joe Burrow, except for Burrow's taller? Or would you rather want a little more mobile John Elway, which I think is the best comp for uh, Josh Allen? I don't think you can go wrong with either. Now, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a comp. He's so one of one, so unique. So I would personally take Patrick Mahomes over everybody. But I think that to say Joe Burrow is overrated ignores what we've seen throughout the entire season. And over the playoffs, it has been a, a bit of a fist fight with a lot of these teams. But to say he hasn't done anything, you know, the Chiefs might not have made all the plays to win that game, but not everybody comes back from 21 to three to beat Kansas City and Arrowhead. Kirk Cousins doesn't do that. Derek Carr doesn't do that. You know, Jared Goff doesn't do that. These A lot of quarterbacks aren't able to do these things that Joe Burrow is able to do that. I believe Joe Burrow can do. So speaking about Kansas city, we've let Buffalo Mike say his due. Sam has attacked both hot take Mondo and referees. So now it is time for us to address those points. And then we'll are, then we're all going to kumbaya and we're going to review a beer together. Although it looks like Buffalo Mike is drinking a Michelob ultra. So maybe oh, don't boy. review that. <laughs> Armando, can I get one more dig at you before? It's so oh, please. Yeah, 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 please. Another time where my brain almost. White exploded. Claw, but. Oh, White Claw, <laughs> was, sorry. Was when you said, and I know what you were trying to say, but you said that Jameis Winston had mm-hmm. better traits than Joe Burrow, which I Still know, I know what you're trying to say is that he he's probably has a bigger arm. But and well, mobile. come on, man. And mobile. Come on. I know that he's gonna, okay. he's gonna eat that dub, but come on. <laughs> All right. So uh Reese, I will say my things qu- quickly and then you will say yours. To respond to that, yes, Jameis Winston, as I said in the podcast, is one of the worst decision makers in NFL history. Like he has the most interceptions, I forget, than any other person. But in 2020, um, he had the most touchdowns out of anyone as well. So when it comes to skill, he has the arm and he also has those legs. Yes, if he if he had a semblance of decision making, then I might even put him over Joe Burrow. But when it comes to those two skills, undebatably, he has more than Joe Burrow in those two. Now, referring to what you talked about, um, you said that it's unfair for us to attack Joe Burrow because we also have skills, skill players that are on like otherworldly, but they're more important for Joe Burrow than they are for Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to stay in the pocket. He's one of the best rollout people ever. He can also run the ball, which we've seen not as much as Josh Allen, but he can do a lot of things that Joe Burrow can't do. So Joe Burrow is very limited when it comes to his QB skills and needs those people to make those plays. I think one of the things that you're right, like we are spoiled as Kansas City Chiefs fans, because not only is Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill like one of the best of their position, but they're also really good at improvising with Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's another thing that if Joe Burrow had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I don't think he'd be as productive. I don't think he would do what we do because we are so improvisational. But not only that, I think what we haven't talked about at all is his ACL injury and how much that's affect him as a mobile quarterback. Like 
Like that's another reason why Joe Mixon is running the ball 21 times is Joe Burrow can't run anymore and he's afraid to run. I think it's amazing that he can stay in the pocket when he gets rushed and sacked nine times. But you can tell this dude is not going to collapse in the pocket and run anymore because of that ACL injury. So my argument is, yes, like we all have skilled players. Everyone does. But Joe Burrow needs that a lot more because he doesn't have as many skills as Patrick LaVon Mahomes. I forget what his middle name is. I think that's right. Um, I think that's all I had to say. Reese. I think what this boils down to for me is the fact that you can still be overrated and still be really good. And I think for me, it's the fact that the media is touting him that he's this like transcendent generational quarterback already. When I still think a lot of it has to do with, he's in the perfect situation for someone in a skill set. I think I'm going to have a decision on the Bengals more so in three or four years time. When, like I alluded to in the last podcast, They've been stockpiling blue chip draft picks for the better part of 10 years, which is why they have Chase, which is why they have Higgins, Boyd, all those dudes. They also have uh, everyone on a rookie contract. Well, that's my next you point. I mean? It's going to be really interesting to see in three or four years when, unless they all decide to take pay cuts, what he's going to do with an empty cabinet. And if that Bengals team can draft that kind of talent when they're picking between 23 and 30, which they're likely to be doing for the next three or four years. So I think at that time, I'll reserve my judgment as to how good Joe Burrow actually is. Because looking at his playoff numbers, if you if you take some averages and aggregates here, he's 25 of 36 for 281 yards a game on average. Over the playoffs, four touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, almost had a third, had a really bad pass against Kansas City that should have gotten picked off. But uh, that's all I'm saying is when I see Justin Herbert, I see a dude who I'm like, that guy's a Terminator. He's got a cannon arm, steps up in the pocket. A few bone dead, brain dead plays here or there. Man, Josh Allen. I don't think I need to say anything more about Josh Allen. That guy's Superman. He's a freak. He's Respect. like, he, I think, I think Josh Allen is probably one of the better quarterbacks we've seen under the league in the last 10 years. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes. I just don't see Burrow at that level of quarterbacking, which is how the media is making him out. I see Joe Burrow more on that tier with like Russell Wilson. That's kind of like the best of the rest. I think he's that that like the top of like the Dak Prescott tier of quarterbacks where it's like good, but there are some things that are kind of in your way from keeping you to, from being elite. I just don't think Joe Shiesty, Joe, brr, Joe, whatever his nickname is, is an elite quarterback yet, which is why I think he is te- good, but overrated. And, and you know what? I, it, the you clarifying that he's more in the Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott that I can, I can at least understand because the comparisons with Kirk cousins, I, I can't, um, you know, to respond, um, you know, as far as the, the mixing comment goes, Armando, David said a little bit earlier, I it's I'm paraphrasing, but if the Kansas city chiefs or the Buffalo bills had Joe Mixon, they'd be giving him the ball 20 times too. Oh, yeah. Right. Because we said, I'm sure. You guys have been. I, I would hope not for a running back to step up. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't think but you should you guys ever run the ball that 21 times. It's well, I mean, like, we. The, the well, I mean, say, I'll definitely say concede. Like, the analytics just say you no, shouldn't. And like analytics it, show that 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 we probably should have been in the third and fourth quarter against the Bengals. We probably sh- we should have seen no Patrick Mahomes because they well, were dropping. Point, yeah, at at that yeah. point a little bit, but 
I mean, should have, generally should have speaking, rolled. no, but like you, you don't want to, who was it like uh, Matt rule that said he wanted to run the ball like 33 times in a game. Like that is just like insane. Like, Chris McCaffrey. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the like Zimmer. Yeah. So throw him the he ball. He doesn't have a like, job. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I don't disagree with you there, but I, I will Joe say Brady fair, for fair. It. like one thing that I am also curious about and I'm not saying that I, I think that Josh Allen is going to regress. I'm more just curious. Josh Allen has seen leaps and bounds with Brian Dable and Brian Dable's not going to be mm-hmm. there next year. I'm interested to see how he adjusts, how the, the bills develop their offense as they go forward, because I think that that is a significant loss for them. And I, I hope that the bills that here's the thing, the Vikings and the bills are, are four, four lost Super Bowl uh, losers and so we are supposed to be allies uh, trying to to rally for for championships and i love stefan diggs i would love to see him get a ring we're not supposed to be enemies i i i just you know i see joe burrow and i love joe burrow and i gotta stand up for him so so that's why we find ourselves in this adversarial situation no i i hear you man i i think joe burrow's good it's not bad yeah i also yeah i I think i think we four super bowls and and I'll, I'll also say before we end this, I will say, Sam, I did go overboard last uh, last podcast saying that he was only a, a manager. Um, I will say he's, yeah. he's better than a manager, like a quarterback manager. Like he's not a Ryan Tannehill, um, right. but he's not Josh Allen. So I think we can all agree or he's not Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So I think we can agree that like here is the best quarterbacks ever. Here is Ryan Tannenhill and Jimmy Garoppolo and all these managers that are really good. And Joe Burrow's like in the middle. I think we can all, we can all I, agree. I, I don't disagree with you I, that, that Mahomes is on a plane by himself. But after Mahomes, I, I'm putting Joe Burrow at number two for the quarterback that I want in the future. Well, well I think we're just going to have to see this is a perfect segue. Actually, let's do beer stuff first because beer brings mm-hmm. us together. And then we will we will break apart and talk about Super Bowl. But um, all to say, if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, we are having Buffalo Mike and Sam back on the podcast to then discuss. Actually, no matter what, no matter what, I think we're going to have you but both here's back the thing. on to if talk he loses, about the situation. If he loses and the Bengals oh. offensive line gets thrashed, are we saying that every quarterback who loses a Super Bowl with a crappy offensive line is terrible? Because if so, number four, right, Patrick Mahomes, City, right, 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 crash, right. What are we saying? There you so go. You just have to take it with a grain of salt. But then, at the same time, my, then, 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 if Joe Burrow wins, we can't, we can't really. coronate him as the best quarterback. Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the crown for sure, absolutely. Which is what we'll wait for on the next <laughs> podcast. All right, Sam, why don't you tell us what you're drinking? Sure thing. And we'll do the 90-second beer review. <laughs> Buffalo Mike, I hope you have something different than Michelob Ultra. <laughs> but if you want to, you can review Michelob Ultra. That's fine. All right. All right. Clock start. Well, wait, before we do the clock, what are you reviewing for us? Um, so I have a, a Mahalo Pineapple Rattler from Front Street Ooh. Brewing in, in Davenport, Iowa. I figured since we broke um, over 35 degrees today in Davenport that it's basically summertime. So, you know, <laughs> might as well. Wait, is, is Front Street where we had uh, Dave's wedding dinner? Um, I don't think so, but I think it was in the area. Okay, David's, right Dave's David, been pretty David. Uh, good on this podcast, so he will message us and let us know. Right. He said in, in the area. area. Right on. All right, 90 seconds. Right, here we go. Clock. clock starts now. Okay, so let us know the, the aroma on the, the beer. What do you smell? You said it was a Rattler, so yeah. sour. What do you smell? 
it's more sweet than anything else. It, it has a little tartness, but it, it smells pretty sweet, pretty pineapple-y, pretty fruity. Cool. And out of a rating from zero to ten, what do you rate the aroma on that? I'm going to give it a solid. I'm going to give it a solid nine. Solid nine. Okay, nine out of the gate. Now let's take a sip of that beer and tell us the flavor of that beer. What are you smelling? What, or sorry, taste. What are the notes that you taste? And then give us zero out of ten. It's it's a smooth sweetness. It's not too too sweet that it, it's almost um, overwhelming. But it's it's just the right amount of smooth sweetness. I will note that on draft it's much better. But that goes without saying. That's most beers. All right, zero out of ten. What do you feel? I'm going to go 8.5. 8.5. All right. Pretty good beer. Now to round it out, Sam, what is the stonks drinkability quotient of this beer? What is what is the cool factor of this beer? What what makes this beer unique? What makes this beer like Josh Allen and not Joe Burrow? Oh, I, I don't think I can answer that question. Um, you know, I'm going to say that that what makes it good is something I can't answer right now because it tastes best. When it's a, a warm summer day and you're sitting out on a patio somewhere at some bar and you're just wanting to throw one back, and this is perfect for that. Excellent. Zero out of 10. What do we got? I'm going an, uh, a 9.2. 9.2. Across the board, some high remarks for this beer, and that was your 92nd beer review. Excellent, Sam. Buffalo Mike, do you want to review anything? <laughs> Oh, you're frozen. Hello, Buffalo Mike. I, I went by default. I see him blinking. What, what oh, did you say? I see you blinking. Do, do, do you want to uh, do a me? beer review? Do you have a, a – yeah, I can um, hear you. Do you, you have a beer me? to review or no? All right. Yeah, we can hear you. I have a like well, – I'm not, I'm not going to review it. Instead, I'll give you some uh, insider <laughs> betting tips for the Super Bowl. How about – Oh yeah, let's go ahead and do that with my ninety um, seconds. All right, right. Sam, Sam, if you want to chime in, you can. Uh, well, actually, let's just, yeah. If it's ninety seconds, I'll just do that instead. Okay, here we go. Ready? Put put the Excuse clock on, seconds, and I sorry. will. Ready and go. So first, we have Cincinnati go. over one point uh, five field goals. No. Uh, take no, you wouldn't do that. Also, point why? Take the under. Take the under. Why? Uh, not going to happen. Uh, uh, Rams okay. defense is too good. They're going to be down. Also, take the take the under total on the game. Um, Rams defense is too good. Cincinnati is going to be playing from behind for the whole game. They're going to be going for too many fourth downs. Um, I would okay, next one. Field goals. <laughs> next one. Um, the the uh, backup tight end for the Rams, Ben Skowranek, is going to be starting. Does he get a touchdown? It's plus 800. Anytime touchdown? Anytime touchdown plus 800. No, I, I wouldn't take it. Okay. I don't think it's a safe bet. Okay. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., MVP, plus 2,800. Those are decent odds. Um, yeah, I think that's you can get your money's worth there. Um, I think it's Because if you put like five like bucks, you win what? 100 bucks? 150 yeah, yeah, bucks? Yeah, yeah, it's 150. 180 whatever um who's the player okay last one parlay though sorry go okay wait i'll give you one and then you can do the parlay cooper cup over uh 29.5 yards as the longest reception you you're not taking over but i would take the over but on the total his his total is like 120 something take the under 
Okay, and that was the 90-second round. Now give us your – give us give us your um, free advice of a parlay that you would do. So I'd take, I'd take the Rams with the points. I'd take uh, Rams to cover points. I'd take the under, and then I would take um, – then if you want to do a player player uh, parlay, I'd take the under for um, uh, Cooper Cup. I'd also take the over for Joe Burrow, and I'd take the over for um, for uh, Matt Stafford, on, both on yards. All right. Pretty good, pretty good. And last but not least, uh, Sam, give us a Super Bowl prediction, and then Buffalo Mike, and then we'll kick you out. I'm a little torn because the Vikings are purportedly hiring their OC and I got a Rams jersey on and everything tells me the Rams. But you love Joe Burrow. I do. Everything tells me that the Rams defensive line is going to slay. So I'm naturally going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. And give us a score. I'm going to go 28-25. Woo! A barn burner. And Buffalo Mike, what do you got? Just so I can be right on my bet, 48 to nothing Rams. Okay. I'll take uh, I'll take 20, 23-17 LA. Okay. All right, 23-17 LA. Uh, we will have you both on hopefully next week. We will revisit all of this. Thank you so much for you both to be here. Everyone in the chat, let us know who you think was right. Should you start Josh Allen or should you start Joe Burrow if you are a GM? And we'll read some of your comments. Thank you both for being on. All right. That was, great. That was actually a lot of Cheers. fun. See you guys.